What is up, beautiful humans? Jonathan Perez here, host of the Become Unlimited podcast, where the purpose is to explore and equip you with the most effective tools and practices across topics such as nutrition, fitness, emotional and mental health, spirituality, relationships, and lifestyle design. Wow, we are going to go on a ride uh, for this episode here where we have the privilege and opportunity to connect with Christopher Sanyata. I've known Christopher for a little over a year now where I've had the opportunity to be a student of his, be coached by him, and now have the opportunity to collaborate with him and bring him on the podcast to share his message and some of his teachings and some of his practices that I think are very, very valuable. I, for one, have been very inspired uh, from Christopher's integrity and how he actually lives the truth of what he teaches. So again, not only teaching it to others, but really being an embodiment of what he preaches, which is amazing to see out in the world. All right. So with that, I'm going to do a quick short intro into Christopher's background and bio, and then I'm going to talk a bit about what the topics are that we'll cover before we dive in. Christopher Sinyata facilitates tuning into and trusting your somatic awareness, reclaiming passion and life energy, and creating intimate relationships that deepen in love and chemistry over the years. Christopher's specialty is teaching practices focused on listening to the wisdom of the body, learning how to masterfully navigate intimate relationships, bypassing unconscious and unwanted behaviors to make room for explosive, limitless physical and spiritual connection. He reveals how the practice of conscious intimacy and sex can be a profound, sacred practice that awakens, revives, and deepens relationships, empowering individual purpose and integrity. He draws upon decades of practice and study under masters of tantric yoga and Buddhist meditation, including David Data, Sophia Diaz, Reggie Ray, and Will Johnson. Prior to coaching, he was an international project manager responsible for a billion dollars in revenue a medical device engineer with seven patents and a ceramic artist. Currently, he lives in Boulder, Colorado, and also on the island of Molokai with his wife, Carlene. During the conversation with Christopher, we cover a variety of topics. I'm going to go through a few, uh, but it goes very extensively to a lot of value. So just to name a few, we'll talk about what women really are seeking from men, what the level of depth they're seeking, We'll go through an intro for men to begin deepening to meet a woman at those deeper levels that they are craving. We'll talk about polarity and attraction in relationship, why attraction dies, and how you can rekindle it. For men, we'll talk about are you a macho man or a nice guy? Maybe somewhere in between. How do you find out and how do you start integrating both of those energies to be more of an integrated man? How do you take your sex beyond what you believe is possible or what society believes is possible? For men, specifically the effects of ejaculation, how often to do it, and how you can actually learn to circulate the energy rather than ejaculate every time. We'll talk about the difference between ejaculation and orgasm, how you can use ejaculation to actually consciously reprogram your mind and habits, and lastly, we'll touch base on how women can work with their male partners to develop their depth or to help develop their depth, controlling the ejaculative urge, and also help regulate the nervous system. And I'll close this out with that there's plenty more uh, in addition to that. So again, I really hope you get a lot of value from it. But let's go ahead and dive right into the conversation. All right, Christopher. Well, 
Welcome to the podcast. I've been in high anticipation for our conversation, if I'm being honest. Ah, um, I can feel but, your excitement. That's great. It's actually kind of energizing me as well. So yeah, it's going to be pleasure a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And to kick us off, I would have done a, a quick intro uh, of you based on your bio, but I would love if you can give us a, a, beef, a brief background of, of what you do in the world today and how would you describe the, the teachings that you do? Yeah. So today I'm a, I'd say a life coach and a meditation teacher. Probably the best way to describe it in the short terms, but I work with men and couples in um, using the area of intimacy as actually a spiritual path. And uh, it's not just how to have better relationships or even how to be a good at picking up or meeting new intimate partners. Um, it's more of that inner uh, yoga around how we experience emotions, sensations in our bodies, um, even pervasive distracting thoughts. Um, those are all intensified when we're dealing with intimacy. And it's in that realm where you can kind of unwind a lot of our kinks and our um, even past trauma um, blockages, uh, what's preventing us to achieve or experience what we want to in life. Um, all that seems to kind of weave through our sexuality and, and also how connected we are to our bodies. So that, that's really the essence of what I do. Um, initially, the first coaching came out of kind of an offshoot of uh, doing some of the David Data workshops and a young life coach there. Um, we connected quite deeply and he said, hey, I'm doing this conference for men and I need a got a hundred guys and I wish you'd come teach for two hours. Mm. And that was the first time I ever done that. And um, I led a death meditation and it was kind of a showstopper. It was like really powerful for a lot of people. And I like, Oh my God, this is, I've kind of got a tiger by the tail with how much energy this is. And I guess I've got a natural calling because literally it was one of the first times I've ever done a public speaking event like that. Um, very, very well received. And I think it served a lot of people. And so after it, um, couple of guys approached me and they said, your wife was here and what you guys have in this chemistry and stuff, we'd <laughs> like to learn a little bit more how to do that. Would you teach us? Yeah. And so I offered a, it was an advanced sexual stamina course with uh, uh, Robert Schwenkler actually, and we became kind of friends through this. And I hadn't done any online teaching or anything, but um, definitely was a, something of value. And so that's how I got into it. Wow. Yeah. So it sounds like a lot of, in terms of what you teach is personal growth through intimacy. Yeah. And I mean, I remember when I came to you as well, uh, it was through initially getting into David data and I thought, I want to go further into this. And to your point, it's just so powerful to have the biggest, at least the way I see it, the biggest mirror being your relationship. Yeah. Uh, be our biggest teacher. And sure enough, <laughs> that's been my experience <laughs> as well. And and that being said, just with your background, again, the reason I was really excited because I think it's such a huge topic where folks are just trying to find their different paths into personal growth. And I think uh, the path of using relationships is, is is one that's known, but I think it's a little bit more, or sorry, a little bit less common. Yeah. And and what I wanted to break down, I think, uh, is this topic of what women really want. And I want to go there 
in particular, because for me, it's been a personal topic in developing myself as what it means for me to be a man, right? And knowing that I was walking around with with boy psychology, if you will, in a in a man's body, although I didn't recognize it at the moment. And what I'm noticing now, especially where I'm at, is I think men feel a little bit lost. Like I tried to do this for my woman and she doesn't respond and she seems to always be pissed off and upset and I can never please her and she's always walking around frustrated. <laughs> at least well, let's just the, start yeah. with that because there's there's something well, you're using some things you've learned from actually the year or so we worked together. Um, sure, yeah. So kind of bring in people if they're new to this. Um, so we kind of interact with our intimate partners. If I mean, this works for all genders or sexual orientations too, by the way. Um, yeah. You know, you would try to, I don't know, we, we model things that we learned in early childhood. Well, that's not a sexual relationship you're modeling. It's often how we related to our parents. So a lot of the deep, inner work of revealing these habits and thought systems that are holding us back from really experiencing the dynamic, uplifting, fun, exciting life we want, um, are these patterns that kind of served us maybe when we were very young or helped us survive childhood or helped us get through some situations, but they're, they're limiting us. And your intimate partner like you were saying, um, just trying to chase her around and do what she was saying will infuriate them. And, and uh, it, it, it's, it's actually trying to please mommy a little bit. That's what you're doing. And, if you're, and, and then you notice that if you're responding all the time to what she's kind of throwing your way, um, where are you going? You're just kind of drifting. You're just chasing popping soap bubbles when they come up. Um, as opposed to meeting with your intimate partner, particularly so we'll just use a, a gender normal one, just say you were through your girlfriend and she's kind of throwing all this stuff at you. You can respond one by one to all these little jabs or requests or lack and limitations she's throwing, or you kind of have a, a direction where you want to go. That's a very different thing. If you know where you're actually headed and what, where you would like to take both of you. Like, and I'm talking very specific. Say that you are on a date and where do you actually want to end up on that date? What, what is your purpose of even getting together? Maybe it's an early stage. So you'd like to get to know each other, maybe build a little chemistry and maybe you don't want to sleep together that night. But you'd like to end with a really hot kiss. So you would want to work to kind of build toward that um, direction where you would like to have things end up, or maybe you did want to end up in bed that night. So the thing is, you're not chasing after all the little things that come up. You actually want to feel into where her energy is because your, your feminine partner, whoever's playing the feminine is kind of the one that's bringing all the juice and energy. And I mean, even a little bit of chaos. So it's, it's, it's energy to work with. So you can creatively engage it and, a little bit more of a play and tussle with that kind of energy as opposed to trying to damp it down or to extinguish the seeming chaotic nature of it. That's just the beast of being an intimate relationship. And the, so the way you can navigate it is work on finding kind of a calm center in your own body. And I teach a lot of embodiment practices to help you establish that and then get really clear of 
it's a little amusing how um, our lovers will always try to sabotage us or kind of poke holes in our weaknesses. Now, that's another way to say that they're mirroring where our weak points are. And she's not trying to do that necessarily to be spiteful or it's just she can't help it. It's actually, she senses your underlying strength and there's this kind of limiting belief or, or adolescent behavior you're exhibiting that's just pissing her off. Cause she knows you're deeper than that. She knows there's more possible. And usually when we get caught at that, we're, we're not all there. We're kind of running autopilot somehow. So um, they're, they're helpful moments to literally wake up and then oh shit, I'm, I'm here to have a fun evening with you and I'd like to be sexy and I'd like this to go somewhere. So you don't, you don't take the bait when she's complaining about how you messed up on the garbage and stuff. You would acknowledge that, but you would make humor of it and then you would still say, well, we still got this evening tonight instead of letting her maybe rag on it for an hour and both of you are in a foul mood. Mm-hmm. That she want to feel listened, she'll want to feel heard, but she really wants to be feel met. She wants to feel that you get her and, and you don't have to fix that pain she's feeling, but you do want to, um, she wants, she wants to have you become a still mirror to reflect back that what she's feeling matters and that it's, it's seen and, and acknowledged. And then, and she's like, okay. And usually sometimes, some of the partners might get stuck in that kind of pattern. Part of your role, if you're the masculine lover here, is to, to help navigate her someplace else. It's, it's all available tension energy. I mean, it's really a fine line sometimes between really arguments and really hot kind of, oh, this is like a tango dance. It's almost ready to combust with the way we're kind of interacting. It just just... I don't know if you're doing the video, but your face changed. You were seeing that. It's a, um, you, you can feel it when you're with the partner and she gets that you're not, you're not as reactive and just tit for tat, you know, jabbing at each other and hurting each other back and forth. But one of you is usually we're teaching the men to do this. Um, you can just go a little more wide and smile and stay the course, you know, just, keep calling her back and you know you're still you're not ignoring her but you're you're keeping this uh, steady depth within your body and your belly your genitals of of remember that you love her or you're attracted to her or you're mm-hmm. yeah does that help yeah absolutely and i mean there's so much there and you called it out as it relates to depth i think is the thing that's being tested if you will and i think to the extent that there's depth is to the extent that you become reactive to some of the examples that you gave. So I do want to go there in a second, but one of the things that I think would be helpful as a preface would be if you can break down a little bit of the neutrality that can exist between the genders and the masculine and feminine, just to clear that in case there might be any confusion for folks. Yeah. Um, Well, let's just talk about, um, I've been studying Taoism for decades and, you know, it's an ancient system of yin and yang, light and dark. Um, If you look at, you know, early chemistry, there's positive and negative charges and that causes things to kind of be repulsed or attracted to each other. Magnetism, same way. Um, 
So there's an inherent axis of polarity that exists in this realm of duality. There's a seeming differences between hot and cold and, you know, genitals that hang outside the body and genitals that, you know, kind of penetrate and have a cavity inside. There's a, um, a complementary aspect usually to these polarities and they are attracting or repelling. And, and the force between that, those two poles is kind of due to their inherent nature. So the North Pole of a magnet is the North Pole of a magnet because it's been entrained that way. You can make magnets, you can take iron ore and then you can stick it in a magnetic field. It's a little bit like setting a pattern up. So, you know, this is some of our childhood patterns. So part of your gender is how you were raised. It's you and that magnetic field. Some of it's inherent and, um, and things can be strengthened and more aligned according to how that magnetic field is kind of set. And so the, the attractive quality is differences attract and the same kind of use spiritual terms of like attracting like, I would put that at energetic vibration. So I would say, love attracts love, um, you know, freedom is attracted to freedom. It's not, it's not, um, you know, someone in wallowing and grief and despair is attracted to radiant joy. It's your emotions and this energy thing is more of a, a, a hierarchical sale. David Hawkins um, work about this is really applicable. So you would look at polarity as, um, kind of this essential essence. And how can you maximize that if you wanna have sexual arc of attraction? So when you, and like people see this often when you're dating, you don't know them much. There's a lot of energy there because this is a, a being that you would like to get to know. And often there's something about their body that attracts you. It could be certain features, but often there's a kind of an emotional way that they stand, carry themselves the way they talk that, it's like, wow, that one's a little different. And you'll really feel it when you know, people say they're head over heels or something. There's this big arc of attraction. And that happens in the initial phases sometimes. And it's pretty um, dependent upon bodies and also kind of our emotional patterns, how you ran that you know, magnetic field of your upbringing that kind of aligned the poles inside you. Um, and then once you've been usually in a longer term relationship, you start accumulating you know, things went wrong and resentments and you might become really great friends and you know each other and you know how your thoughts are going to go. And when you get to even say that you're in the friend zone means that the polarity is kind of, it's, it's disappeared. You, and you can do this with cheap magnets. You can rub them against each other and they'll depolarize each other. You, and that happens within um, relationships. So the, Kind of the wisdom of some of David Data's work is differentiating that first stage, initial attraction, second stage where you kind of hit the friends and, and it just even generating polarity seems really hard. And then this kind of third stage where you realize, oh shit, um, polarity in the early, when I was younger maybe, or when we first met was unconscious and it was kind of natural. And we may have even been attracted to each other because of our past trauma lined up, or maybe we had a similar kind of upbringing, but now that might be the very thing that you hate about them. <laughs> and well, that's a form of reaction. And so you, you can work to love instead. And 
how can I relearn uh, a way of consciously creating this arc of polarity? And that's kind of what this third stage practice is about. A little bit more of how can I become an artist? And if you learn some of these tools, you don't spend as much time in that second stage of the friend zone. Matter of fact, you might even be great friends. Maybe you're even in a situation where you work with your you know, significant other, um, but then you wanna be able to make a transition to when we're gonna get down to business now and there's sort of this fun, sexy play that um, it's possible to do that, but you would need to learn this art a little bit. And that's part of the work of David Data and others I've worked with. Um, and that polarity is um, kind of amplifying some of the differences. So say one partner talks a lot and gets excited and has a lot of emotional inflection. That would be the partner this, you know, both could be a little bit like that, but the one who does that more often would be more, the more feminine partner. And then the one who's a little more silent, shorter sentences, fewer words, more gaps in between, that's to more of the masculine axis. And they kind of complement, right? I mean, someone who talks a lot usually needs someone that's a good listener. And, and you know, and you could tell if, if there were like two feminine beings together, they might be talking equally and it's really intense because there's just a lot of talking. Um, that's kind of that second stage fun friend thing, but that's not necessarily leading to polarity. You know, there's a lot of energy there, but it's not, it's not necessarily sexual. So there's usually, um, we can work with that in our bodies and we can work with that in our thoughts. So the other pole of that would be um, whoever is thinking a lot, whoever has a lot of thoughts in their head, whoever's constantly evaluating, is this, you know, they're having like a, it's like a talk show host in your head. That's the feminine partner. The partner who has got very few thoughts or possibly none is the more masculine partner. And that's part of why I teach meditation, not just so you could be better at the sexual act of polarity, but it's actually a, kind of a home base if you are more masculine identified and that is your kind of home state. Um, it's like falling and deepening into yourself. And that is very sexy to the feminine. It's very attractive that that space almost kind of creates a room for her to be seen or it, it's a beautiful part of this arc. And, and what I love about that is in the very way of your learning from feedback and the way you're interacting with your intimate partner, her feedback will kind of highlight and show you areas where you've kind of gone unconscious or you're not in the depth that you're capable of. Now that depth can mean giving your greatest gift in the world. It can mean making as much money as you're possible. It can mean, um, you know, being as great in sports as you're possible. Um, all that's kind of, and that axis of masculine depth a bit, but it's usually created with relaxation and particularly relaxation of the mind. As you relax the mind, consciousness becomes a lot more available to listen to the more subtle informations coming from the body. And this is where it gets into the artistry that I teach. Um, when men have to learn first to tune into their own body, left and we're very disconnected from it. This is why actually super athletes often are some pretty damn good lovers and they can, women can sense that. So it's sometimes why they even throw themselves at them is that 
they might have their mind. You could see like a really good baseball player's mind's empty, just watching the pitcher getting ready for the ball. And the body moves in such perfect response. That's kind of like almost a place where great level would be. You're open. You're not expecting anything. You're, you're almost ready for warfare. Because sometimes when you're dealing with the feminine. And you're also kind of relaxed, but you're ready and excited for what's coming your way. Now, that's a really good stance for a man to, if he's single, walk into a bar, want to meet someone. Um, I mean, I work with couples and I work with, you know, women. And they're one of the biggest things they, they complain about is if the guy's needy, if he's grabby. Um, I mean, I've even heard it from women who work at strip clubs. They're like, you know, well, I'll go ha- they'll dance for the guy who isn't grabby and clingy and, and usually those are the guys that the bigger tippers. So there's a, there's an appreciation often um, that comes from men deepening into this capacity of consciousness. And so it mirrors actually some of these meditation practices or, you know, it's, it's the flow state that people get into when they're in sports. Sex is a, a very accessible flow state to everyone. You don't have to be a world-class athlete to learn how to, and, and I'm talking about not just physical intercourse, I'm talking about sexual polarity between two people. Mm-hmm. Um, it can get as intense and feel as pleasurable as penetrative sex. So, and that's the other place where this goes is it's a, it's a fun game, if you will, of deepening in consciousness. And she will, over time, the she, whoever's playing the feminine, polarity um is fed and nourished by that spacious free awareness and they can start falling and surrendering more into themselves more into their own pleasure more into their own sensations more into their own chaotic oh my god i don't understand myself and yet you love me you totally see me in my insanity and oh my god how could I not love you? That that's that's kind of the arc we're talking about, where you want to go to. And there's there's personal work that people can do on both sides to facilitate that. But I work more with, more with the men because I think women are a little further down the track on this. Frankly, I think that's what we're seeing in society. So part of why my work is part of is that I'm doing this. I'll just close with that. I was dating my wife, and she had a all of her best friends, she was running a women's circle for maybe 10 years. Some of the most gorgeous women I've ever seen, like models and they're all yogis and in great shape physically, for smart. I mean, I found them all wonderful, but they were having trouble finding men to meet them. And I'm like, damn, it's just, it's such a shame. I mean, honestly, there's, there's love going ungiven and and what I realized was just men have no clue of how to even meet some of these super powerful women nowadays. How, how do you even do this tango if you, it feels to a guy like you're, she's already been in, you know, four years of tango class and what, who am I to even step into the ring and ask her to dance? Mm. It doesn't have to be that way. So there's, there's ways to develop your own confidence and your own ability to rest in, who you are without trying to be someone else. And yeah, uh, yeah. the game gets very fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, as I hear you saying that, 
you know, if there's women listening, I'm sure I'm, I think they're, they might be saying, well, Christopher, tell them, tell them so they can develop themselves to meet me. And what I would want to invite you to do is if you are talking to those men, you know, me included, as I'm listening here, how would you maybe create a framework or an approach for them to consider to be able to start developing practices? What are the things that they should be looking into? Um, I think you know where I'm going, right? Like, where do I get started if I'm a yeah, man listening yeah. in? So the way to get started, I mean, the pivotal moment for me on this, honestly, was when The Way the Superior Man came out. I was in a men's group, first one ever, and my friend Mark brought the book in. And at the time, we would read books together and then kind of discuss them. And they were spiritual books. This one was actually a little contentious in the group. It didn't, it wasn't like everyone was on board. And oh my God, it was like a, a revelation to me. So it's 20 years later now, and um, David's book is still on the bestseller list. So if, if, you, if you're a man listening to this and you haven't read that book, um, I would say check it out. That's actually uh, um, like an entrance point into, oh, this is the contribution that I could do. And I, the other big takeaway I had from that was I had a fundamental misunderstanding of of how women thought and felt and what motivated them because I'm such a guy and I humans always project outward their expectations of how the world is based on how they experience it. So that's why we have this kind of persistent battle, the sexes and the misunderstandings. And it's why it's such a great infinite source of stand-up comedy um, and, you know, rom-coms. I mean, it's just, yeah. we're, we're different inside. And so there's a little bit of a kind of manual to it. And then after that, I would say, um, <laughs> you can contact me for coaching or we can, <laughs> Jonathan. Um, men's groups are great, uh, but a lot of this work is around how do, you, how do you work yogically with my anxiety, my fear, um, you know, my approach if I'm having trouble meeting girls um, or women, how do I hold my body. So I work with embodiment practices that are very much meditation practices, although you may not be sitting on a cushion. Um, you you want to learn how to relax and you want to learn how to not be reactive to when things come up, even of your own thoughts, your own emotions. So there's an inner body solo practice to feeling like you are a little bit of a James Bond that could handle any kind of situation, you know, you're kind of cool and calm. Now that's a muscle you can develop much like you can develop bench press pecs and biceps and you can, you know, develop glutes if you do a lot of squats. Um, this is the very same thing. And then, you know, you've done these practices. So a lot of us around relaxing and then bringing greater consciousness. And I mean, sensory awareness into your own body um, and the thing in your body that's pretty much the farthest away from your head is either your feet or your genitals. So those are both really good um, objects of attention or meditation objects, if you will, that will help you. Um, and a matter of fact, this is kind of funny because sometimes people get called, oh, you're thinking with your genitals instead of your head. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, if you are 
kind of open and, you know, not doing stupid stuff, um, you can learn to circulate this. So there's a, within this is relaxation practices, things that look like traditional Buddhist meditation. And then there's um, a little bit of this Taoist practice. They talk about the microcosmic orbit. It's really beginning to feel the flow of sensation and emotional energy within our own body. Now, why that's so critical is that is her domain. So that is the feminine domain. And you won't even be able to begin talking her language if you can't understand what she's saying energetically. This is underneath her word content. Mm -hmm. So her body is speaking volumes. And if you would only listen to it, that's what she's waiting for her whole life. Now, how do you learn how to listen to her language? Well, you've got a body. Learn how to listen to that. Because mm. anything that grows, changes, dies, is born, it's an aspect of the feminine, it's an aspect of Gaia. So your body, even if you're a man's body, it's, it's an example of feminine form. You as masculine consciousness, as this kind of witness that, you know, the you that's unchanged by sleep or dreams or, or waking, because the you that, I don't know, is always aware of shit, that's your masculine. And instead of paying attention to your own thoughts and your own fears, your own anxieties, your own emotions, that's you kind of selfing. Um, and women get turned off because there's no room for them. You need to learn to do the inner work so you can create a little space. You can relax into, you have to be able to relax into your own body. So this, this thing starts getting a little quieter so you can have space for her. And then, I don't know. I, I like looking at beautiful women. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's something very nourishing. I mean, life can be hard. It can be depressing at times. And I know of no other uplifting thing than a radiant, my wife, you know, um, in bliss physically or sexually, or even just her happiness is, uh, it really feels fucking good. Not that I'm, I need that or I'm not grabby. It's just, and I know now that I can be the artist to help. She wants to be that way most of the time. So I can help to um, create that in her really through this polarity work. So anyway. Yeah. And the last thing you said, it sounds like a shift from needing to praising. Yeah. In a sense, because it's, it's a whole different vibe. <laughs> Well, praising is, is another example of you being in masculine consciousness. Matter of fact, it's a form of subtly penetrative masculine consciousness. You could think of your consciousness as your phallus. And the more that that consciousness, that awareness is almost already inside her, it's noticing, it's feeling the swirls, um, it's I like, I like actually that early biblical passage in Genesis, Eve wanted to be known by Adam. Mm. I mean, that's even, that is the essence of sex is to be really known by someone. And the one who wants and yearns to be known is the feminine partner and the knower, the one who's penetrating with love awareness or even dark, sexy, energy we can get into that too 
um, that's the one holding the masculine. So there's there's practices to deepen that. Mm-hmm. And I've learned these and I've benefited from that's why I'm paying forward. And and I keep discovering more on my own as you get into this kind of interplay, particularly if you've got a committed partnership where the trust gets deep enough where you can really start trying crazy shit. Um, the possibilities are endless. I'm not talking just, you know, kink in sex. I'm talking radically deconstructing maybe even who we are as a being or our trauma or family of origin and all that can be kind of put in the hopper and melted down and you, know, you can find the gold and get rid of the shit that's left over. Yeah. And the rabbit hole goes as deep as you want it to go. <laughs> it, it certainly does. And uh, once you've started, it's really hard to put the brakes on. There's a steep pitch to it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> One of the, the areas that could be helpful to unravel a bit is I think women experience two sides of the spectrum, right? Like one is the, the macho man who doesn't give a fuck about anything. And then the other side of the spectrum is the, the the needy nice guy who will do anything. And essentially it's a turnoff, right? But the nice guy thinks he's doing the right thing. And the macho man is just telling everyone and everything to fuck off. Uh, So as a, I think as a woman listening and then for men, whatever end of the spectrum they had, they might identify with how can they work with it, but also for, for a woman, how might you explain how to work with, with each of those? Because I think it's the reality that they're often most attracted to the macho man that says, fuck off, fuck everything. But then also how can we get the, the things that the nice guy will do for us? How can we get a mix if you will? Yeah, energetically feel the difference um, between the nice guy and there's a a strong need to be seen and acknowledged and thanked. And in terms of energy flows, if you view these as vectors with arrows, there's a hell of a lot that has to go toward the guy that's being nice. Matter of fact, he's probably going to be profoundly deflated if she doesn't respond positively. And what you don't realize, it it seemed like I'm just being a nice guy. I'm trying to give, but what it feels like from the the feminine side or the person on the outside viewing it as um, there's a hell of a lot that you're wanting and, and it's a little exhausting. Um, Now the person who's kind of being super nice um, sometimes is, uh, it's, it's, there's a, a hyperness around it. You can still be a really nice, good, gentle man and women can be crawling all over you, but there's a difference between this kind of forceful, it's a surface kind of energy and, and it's, if you look at the darker guy, the barker dude, who's um, the bad boy, um, it's pretty clear that there's not going to be some deep intellectual talking and you don't have to get into the emotions. You can actually get below the emotions into the body. Mm. And so there's a, a little clue there for the, the guy that's buzzing and bouncing around talking too much and it's too bright and trying to do too much. He needs to discover his own being and, 
that's through the axis back into the body. You want, one of the very simple things I've done in workshops, um, we'll have guys there and we'll get a you know, number one to 10 on how attractive and, you know, and I, we can do these tune-ups and women um, instinctively know this stuff in their body. So that, that particular example um, is really powerful. And guys learn, oh, I didn't realize, I was unconscious to what I was doing with my shoulders or my chin was too far forward. Just, I'll just give you a very specific one, that nice guy thing. Very often, those guys will have their chins way forward. You'll be leaning in too much towards someone. Um, there's like a projection outward of striving and trying. And if you think of that darker biker guy, um, you know, he's usually, he's a little more back into his heels. And he's a little more, like you could see him like, back laying up against the bar there, there's more energy and and focus of presence in the spine in the back versus mm -hmm. the person leaning forward and almost feels like they're going to collapse into you so one of the specific things i'll work with guys is, is to become aware of their posture and how it's affecting others because they're unconscious of how they were turning off the women almost all without exception guys were like oh shit i didn't know that was being interpreted that way didn't realize my body language was saying that so we can dial it in and make posture adjustments and then praise man i mean praise is consciousness we can give praise to our brothers too um and it it feels good and it reinforces so whatever you get praise you get more of i mean i've known people that like they had a second grade teacher that said something positive to them. And that became the reason their whole career happened. Um, I've known guys that have had like, they got praised by a coach for doing one specific thing in a sport and they went way too far with it and didn't, you know, incorporate other aspects of training. Um, it's kind of crazy. So it, it, the power of genuine praise, we're all craving it. Um, that's to be seen. We all want that masculine to kind of, if you know how good it feels to be praised, I mean, honestly, to like, you know, to really say you kind of nailed it. Um, and few people do are willing to feel it. Um, really get into that. And that's one of your greatest gifts. If you're playing the masculine pole, you can give to a woman or the, the feminine partner. I was to really see them at depth and appreciate them. I mean, that's one of my favorite practices I do with my wife. Even I, she, she can't escape me noticing like she'll do the slightest little thing. Maybe she's eating food and, oh, damn, that was a really good ripe strawberry. And I'm like, I saw that. I felt that. You didn't get away with that. And um, not that she was doing anything wrong. It's just <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, you really love that strawberry, didn't you? It's so awesome. I mean, you just taught me a whole new way to even experience strawberries. I wish I was that happy when I ate a strawberry. Mm. Um, and and, and it, the whole thing just builds from something like that. Um, you don't have to be as explicit. Sometimes you can just, with your eyes, if you really notice and feel them, say, doing something beautiful or just maybe the way she kind of flipped her hair and you just inhale and soften your belly and feel your genitals just swell just a little bit. Um, often she might even blush and go, oh my God, what happened? That That's this arc of two nervous systems communicating below the level of language. And that's kind of where you go to in the third stage. First stage, it happens almost instantly easily at the bar because she's like 
gazes at you for an extra two minutes, two seconds while she's sipping her drink. And you're like, ah, I saw that. I'm going to go walk over. Mm. That's all it takes. Right. Well, then you forget all that shit when you've been together for too long and um, you have to learn how to create that. It sounds almost like a game, but it's not. And right. the whole reason why you didn't want to do it is for love. I mean, or else you'd, you know, be like a lot of people and just leave and get someone else and, you know, play the game of just surfing new relationship energy, but that doesn't lead to depth. And, you know, I'm getting a little older. It's, it's nice to have, uh, be able to play full out as opposed to repeating this entrance dance that happens as you keep shuffling through a new thing. It's fun, but it doesn't lead anywhere. And, and there is the possibility of creating something that's uh, very deep and lasting and something that we yearn, like we yearn to be loved and nourished by our parents, like, or maybe the way we never got it from them. Um, you can never experience that, but you can give that to someone else. And, and if that love is deep and open, it's often, you'll receive something back. It'll be different than the cramp of your childhood one, but that would way you'd be seeking it. But you'll, you'll, you, the universe always honors. <laughs> it always, uh, it always reciprocates when you kind of sacrifice egoic self for something bigger. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it sounds like some of what you're saying as I'm listening that I think from both the masculine, feminine, male partner, male, female, that there's an aspect of just working individually to become whole uh, yeah. through whatever yeah. medium that is to be able to, I think, meet each other at that level of depth that you're alluding to, like what you and your wife have, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the the work, <laughs> if you will. But there's aspects of just physical exercise, um, physical yoga, Hatha yoga is awesome mm -hmm. at this. And they can all be incorporated into aspects of, of, of having a very deep, sexually polarized life. If the reason and frame for how you're engaging those activities is understood better. So there's a big difference of of this kind of needy thing that we were talking about. Um, there's even an aspect we do that to ourselves. Like I need to have a six pack and I need to look like I'm seeing everyone on Insta so that I can, um, you know, feel a little better. That never ends. So mm -hmm. you want to find your base first. And then if you, if you're sinking into that, I don't know, heart of love or some open spaciousness, your inner emotional place when you're doing these workouts and stuff is going to have a big difference and it's going to be wired into your physiology. I'll give you a very short example of where I did that. So one of the practices we do is learning to relax when you're actually having, say, some emotional energy running through you. So when we do physical exercise, I'll do like a high intensity interval training, get my heart rate way up. And then I'll drop into a, a beautiful standing posture. So I'll very consciously align my body in a way that's a good, trustable, masculine posture. That means my toes are pointing straight forward. My feet aren't too close together, not too far out. They're a little bit outside of hip width. 
and my spine is nice and lengthened. My chin isn't forward, it's back over my head, you know. My, my weight is balanced between the heels and the balls of my feet. And so I'll drop into that beautiful standing posture right after I've done that hit interval series. And I'm panting, I'm puffing and puffing and I'll work, not work, but I'll relax. And I wanna find a nice, soft, regular breath. So I wanna find the relaxation in the midst of this intensity. So doing this is a way of amplifying your parasympathetic response, which is the calming down part of your gut energy. That's why you get butterflies in your stomach when you're getting ready to approach a new person you haven't talked to before. You know, if you're you want to approach a woman in a bar, you'll get the butterflies in your stomach. That's your sympathetic nervous system coming in and dumping shit, maybe a little too much. So you want to learn how to relax that. Well, if you're in the gym and you're practicing calming your breath down and, and balancing your inhales and exhales and breathing all the way down to your belly, um, you're practicing it. So your body can relearn how to do that. And you'll remember it when you're doing the approach in the bar. And a fundamental difference. As a matter of fact, if you've created the link, oh, I'm feeling anxiety, I can't breathe, which most people feel if they're you know, approaching someone, they're nervous. <laughs> You've already practiced it in the gym with more blood pumping through you. So you're, yep. you, you will breathe into your belly and you'll get that nice balanced breath. And I tell you to, to women, that's like the most, that's the most attractive thing of a, an approach. If you're walking right. toward her and she's feeling your breath solid and your eyes relaxed, um, that's even more important than how you look physically often. I mean, there's guys that you know, are overweight and not super attractive. They don't have any hair and they can really wow the ladies because of this relaxed, open consciousness and breath. And they're also, there's room to listen to what they're saying. So you don't have to memorize pickup lines or anything. You're just genuinely interested and, and wow, that's, that's pretty <laughs> funny. And the banter can just kind of happen. Right. Yeah. And I imagine the women are like, I don't know what's happening, but I like it. Let's keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what it's like. You'll, well, it kind of makes you both lose your mind. I mean, that's the bliss of why these sexual encounters are so fun and so nourishing is usually we get a little free ride of this temporary relief from maybe all the talk in our heads. So maybe, you know, that mind thing was running. Oh shit. I wonder what she could say, but, but when you're actually talking to her, there's no room for that. You've, you've, you're just engaged. Wow. She's beautiful. I'm just breathing. And then you would notice how she's breathing and you're like, Oh my God, she's, she's gorgeous. She's sensuous. Look at the way she's smiling. Just, just talk. doesn't matter what you're saying. You're kind of staying in touch with that energy is what it is. And, you know, and, and too much striving, too much kind of scheming, um, I mean, that's why things stay superficial. I'm not saying you can't meet people doing that and maybe have some fun, but you're long-term building more anxiety in your body. And mm. even when you do end up with something, someone, you, you'll be doubting that it's genuine because you weren't genuine when you were setting the damn thing up. <laughs> so you practice being a little more yeah. ballsy by you know, risking being actually authentic. Um, it's very rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the practice, I mean, for me, it's been like, like you're saying, calming the nervous system to where, yeah. 
first of all, if I'm having an emotional reaction or if someone else is, right, whether that's a partner, a friend, family, that you can hold it and you can yeah. calm your nervous system. And yeah, I mean, to the extent that you can hold your own experience is to the extent that you can even hold anybody else's experience. So that's why I Absolutely hear you saying, true. yeah, start with yourself first <laughs> before you, you go outwards. But you don't have to last a long time at working on yourself though. I would say begin there and then mm -hmm. um, it's fun and entertaining to engage with whatever type of beings that you're sexually attracted to. So you would want to, um, you don't have to wait several years of practice before you would want to go out to, you know, meet new people. I would say, right. you know, dedicate a little, if you're, if you're, you want to encourage that desire to um, well, have sex, to meet people that are attractive to you. Um, it gives you energy. It's, it makes, it's one of the things in life that people expend a lot of time and energy working on. And very few people achieve mastery. And I've had the benefit of some teachers that have. And when you actually see what's possible, when you kind of get to a master level at this, um, you could swoon about anyone. And it's a, it's a real boon to your confidence and your ability to kind of express your art and do what you need to do in other areas of your life. It could be a, um, it becomes kind of a battery, you know, and like mm. the Taoist or Mantec Chia talks about this. It's kind of like a battery for your life energy. So the, how you relate to your sexual energy and not just it builds up and you throw it off, but how can you circulate that? So that means you need to be comfortable with more and more intensity. So that breath practice I mentioned after say uh, the hit routine, um, that's a good one. Um, other ones are um, tuning into how our body actually responds in nervous situations and then practicing some of these kind of meditative techniques of, acknowledging what's going on in the body, but then meet it with breath and active relaxation. So a lot of the techniques look like locating tension, releasing it, locating mm -hmm. tension, releasing it, keep the breath moving through the whole body. And then that's often how you're going to be communicating most about your trustability as a potential sexual partner is the relaxation and the continuity of full breath in your body communicates at a very strong level um, because we're primates and our mirror neurons, um, the ones that are deep in our limbic system that determine whether we're safe or whether we're turned on, um, they're there for the survival of the species. And they evolved way before language and the neocortex. I mean, we're talking shit deeper in the brain. Right. And, and that's why people get lost in emotions and stuff sometimes. Um, you can't. You can't think your way out of them. You got to learn how to yogically work with those things. And, and all that energy can then come back into sexual play. Few people know, well, <laughs> sex goes a lot deeper than I would say 99% of the people I work with realize. And, and when yeah. we start, we give people a taste of it's, it's more than just thrust, thrust, squirt and, you know, smile. And, and it, it can be profound and, so women have learned, you know, clitoral orgasms, G-spots, squirting orgasms, cervical orgasm. Those are literally just the beginning. That's how 
a woman can come into understanding her own personal power and her own connection to this very powerful living source of earth. Honestly, it's her connection to Gaia. And when she kind of connects to that, doesn't really need a man to open it, but it mm. can be useful. And a man can meet that. Um, the places that that can go are a lot more than anything I've ever seen described in porn or what people imagine romantic novels. That's possible. But there's a... Uh, yeah, yeah, I hear you. Just a lot of people hungry for it, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so much there because I think that there's so many layers to it, and it becomes, I mean, quite literally, right? Even to the extent that there's a man who gets um, off through pornography and the effects in the brain, and it literally becomes an addiction that you have to unravel, right? That's just an example. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it, it goes, it goes pretty deep trying to undo a lot of that. But to your point, it's part of the process. It's part of the, the work yeah. to get to where well, you're going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody learns their sexual response pretty much through masturbation. And a lot of that is done under some fear of shame or getting caught. Um, mm-hmm. There's a sneaking away into, you know, privacy. I mean, maybe there's some you know, rare progressive parents out there now are kind of encouraging a little privacy for kids at that age. And, you know, that's, that's new, at least in our society. Um, We've rehearsed something thousands of times and the neurological reward is a hell of a lot of pleasure compounds dumping into your brain. I mean, it's, you know, before MDMA came out, there was masturbation. It's it's just, Mm. it's, 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 (laughs) it feels really good. And, um, and everything that led up to that neurologically gets conditioned into a reflex. Right. It becomes part of this unconscious. So most of us don't realize how we ever learned or discovered sex. Well, we just did. And then those pathways are there. Um, well, it's like sneezing. There's nothing evolved artistic about that. There's some gymnasts, I mean, maybe some children that can learn how to do a a flying cartwheel all by themselves. But imagine what's possible if someone actually meets a gymnastics coach and starts, they start exercising, developing their body for, you know, many years through childhood and they hit puberty and you got Olympic athletes. Um, It's possible to become a kind of Olympic sexual athlete. um, And that will condition your emotional system as well as your sexual system. And that's what I'm trying to get at the, and you're never too late to start, you, you, you know, right. just because we've masturbated a lot of times and we've kind of obsessed on, you know, porn, it's really just pixels kind of flying in front of us. That's all happening inside our minds. So you can work with that. So there's, I teach sexual yoga. So a lot of it is undoing unconscious patterns. And so that involves repeating some positive patterns. So you can consciously masturbate. You can choose to set up a practice time and it's not sneaking off or just trying to dissipate energy. I'm going to actually explore what's actually happening. Watch it in the body. You don't just have to rush to the end point. And then within that, in the instruction that I've shared, there's, it's possible for men to separate orgasm and ejaculation. So you've done that. Like that's really cool. And that means 
you could have an orgasm if you want, but you could pretty much fuck all night and, mm. and you could have lots of those. And then when you do want to come and ejaculate, fine. Um, you know, you'll feel the letdown and your refractory period and all that. Nothing wrong with it. feels really pleasurable, but it's also, there's more possible, um, right. you know, and, and particularly the gap between this orgasm gap, a lot of women, reason most women are not having orgasms from penetrative intercourse is that for them to even awaken those centers inside their body usually takes about 45 minutes until they've been really wired through practice. Now she could do a lot of that solo, but for most women, that's kind of the general average and 98% of men, according to research, ejaculate in five minutes or less after they insert their penis into the partner, whoever that is. So, but so to get through that, you got to, it's like going to the gym. You got to learn it. It's not hard. It's not rocket science, but it, it involves, you don't get, you know, buff arms and chest by just wishing it. You, you got to hit the damn bench press or do push-ups or something. And yeah, it's a little bit of a drag to pop them out. But once you get over the hassle of starting and you get in the rhythm of it, you might find it's actually really pleasurable and feels good and, notice you feel terrible if you don't go to the gym so it's sexing me the same way and you can practice it to become more of an artist so yeah yeah and on that topic i also want to touch on so you mentioned the way the superior man and towards the end there's the chapters around the ejaculation so i wanted to go a little bit further into that to see sure. if you can speak to what might be some of the benefits for men as well when they start doing a practice such like this but also not ejaculating so often also and the effects that that can have uh, sexually and energetically. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a big drop in our energy levels after we ejaculate. I mean, the Taoists talk about it. I'm not as hardcore as some of they'd say, you know, you're losing a lot of vital essence. And I think what we can all acknowledge is that you feel more relaxed. You don't care that much after you've ejaculated. Matter of fact, um, the urgent drive to have sex and everything that, you know, motivated you to get your lover into whatever situation you did so you could have sex, um, that like crashes after you ejaculate most of the time. Now, if you're really horny and someone new, I mean, maybe you have a very little refractory period and you keep going at it. But in general, that's like when you're meeting someone. If you're just kind of following the biology, that's the biology driving you. It wants to have your DNA mixed with her DNA. Um, now, you can become more conscious of that energy drop in your body and then watch the corresponding, well, what happens? What, what is your level of irritation, agitation, proneness to anger, whatever, if you don't ejaculate for a while? Um, you know, there's a... Sometimes you need to ejaculate because it's just built up. But I want, I want people to feel that rising energy and the difference between I'm just ready to go to sleep and, you know, give me a beer or the, mm. the peaked kind of, um, geez, I got to do something. I got me, I got to ejaculate. I got to masturbate or I got to, I got to get a gal or, you know, so you can channel that into work or anything. So this energy and, that energy is usually just stuck in our genitals. So when you learn how to move this through your whole body, 
this is where you get a little bit of esoteric practice, but it's, it's taught a lot in various forms of uh, physical yoga, like Hatha yoga, Kundalini yoga. You can move the energy and re-smooth it out, redistribute it. And then that energy of that sexual desire and stuff might be applicable to your business. You could apply it to your sports. There's a reason that certain fighters don't have sex before they would, you know, fight because they'd feel the energy drop. Um, well, once you separate ejaculation and orgasm, you don't have that energy drop. Matter of fact, you might be even more energized. So I've found personally, if I'm yogically having sex and, you know, say I've had a, several non-ejaculatory orgasms, um, my partner's maybe had a lot. Um, it's almost impossible to go to sleep afterwards. I'm mm. so buzzing with energy. I mean, I could go run my best mile time. <laughs> um, now, most guys have never experienced that. So that's a different thing. Um, and I, I, I can guide people into how you can have an experience of it. So usually it's, you have to modulate how frequently you ejaculate and just watch that. And then, when it gets to where it's kind of almost uncomfortable, you can feel the effects of say physical exercise better. You can feel the effects of some of these breathing practices. Um, and you'll have, you'll have more of that. I want to fuck kind of energy being projected out, which is attractive to feminine partners. If you're just mm. throwing it off all the time because you want to be chill, you'll be like shaggy and Scooby-Doo. I mean, you're just kind of, that's not, the guy that's going to be getting the gals all the time, you know, it'll vibrate with some people, but not, not the type that you're probably fantasizing about. Um, so that's, that's the beginning part. You want to watch how the energy drops happen and then do an experiment, actually prove it to yourself. And then you can get instruction on how to separate orgasm from ejaculation. Mm. Again, it's not, there's a lot of books out there. I teach that, but, um, often guys get frustrated. So that if there's a certain thing around just meeting at least the person who actually knows it, there's sort of a transmission thing because it's theory until you or one of your friends actually achieves it. And then it's a little bit of the hundredth monkey thing. It just, it just spreads. I mean, you know, I've seen right. it happen. There's like, once you really know that it's possible, then it becomes possible for you. So that, possibility is a key thing. Um, and then um, the other piece I want to add to it is because most people are trying to rush through to get past the ejaculation, they go to sleep or something, they're missing the most powerful moment when you can shift life patterns. So when you're having an orgasm, whatever is going through your mind, whatever posture or positions in your body, whatever emotions are in your body, those get wired into your nervous system and you're just saying that that's what I want it to program. So I'm mm. saying, learn this. And they're all associated. So if you're feeling a little bit of guilt, a little bit of shame, or a little bit of um, fear about getting caught, that's going to be your kink. You're going to start making that into what's all linked. You've created that. So what I recommend is choose at that. If you're going to choose to ejaculate or when you're having an orgasm without an ejaculation, you call into awareness what you want to attract. What do you want to do? It's kind of the essence of sex magic, but you're more conscious about what's happening and you're not just losing yourself in being gone. Um, you're, there's a directionality to it. That's strengthening a muscle that's going to let you 
fuck so much mm -hmm. better when you're with a real partner. So just your ability to not check out, completely lose it at that moment. Um, and it could be, you know, instead of looking at someone, say in a porn video as you're coming, which is all built up to it. So you've just built that up. If you've been looking at erotica and you're wiring your brain, that's what you want. Um, maybe you've made a vision board ahead of time or, you know, maybe you've got a partner and you want to be more attractive to them. You could feel from your heart as you're actually ejaculating or having your orgasm. And that's going to just get dumped into you. You'll feel the resonance with whatever your awareness and attention's on. Um, and over time, that kind of develops something. You know, there's other things you can do with that moment. You could feel open and loved. You could feel, I mean, where your awareness goes gets reinforced. So, you know, a, this is the power of positive thinking a little bit that most people yeah. never imagine using in sex, but those, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah, I mean, you just set out a challenge to all men. <laughs> well, they don't have to, but I mean, if yeah. you're, if you want to be conscious and you want to learn how to fuck better, um, why not invest a little bit of effort and a little more mastery? Right. I mean, there's women dying for this. I'm just telling you there's partners. They're not, they, you want to learn how to last at least 45 minutes. That should be a, a reasonable goal for anyone. I mean, we don't license people to have sex. If you're born with genitals, you can go off and do it, but that's just the basics of procreation. And, you know, women are evolving and they're, they're not just, you know, shut down and controlled and, treated like property anymore they're coming in their full power so if you want to rise to that challenge uh, the dance gets very interesting it's a whole new world guys yeah. it's just you know <laughs> we, we got to come out and meet it <laughs> yeah and i love what you said that for anyone listening you don't have to do any of this but you're calling out the possibility that's there that's i mean i know guys that just they feel fully fulfilled just hanging out and they've got their favorite you know chatterbait actress or something and they're happy um mm -hmm. it, it, that's a pretty narrow life i would be a little you know I would challenge them a little bit or ask your friends is that all you're gonna really want I mean, if you're really spiritually fulfilled and you've got someone that you're just interacting with a screen um you know that's maybe what you need to experience in this lifetime but i've only met a few people i can count on one hand that were like that and they're pretty rare um but that's a default that people fall into though and doesn't have mm -hmm. to be so that 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 very sense of insecurity and risk um it's 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 in our nervous system it's kind of around your heart and your vagus nerves and how we relate to sex brings that to the forefront and you can work with it yogically i mean you can watch it so yoga is about observation and intense presence it's union with what is so you can actually be fully present with your anxiety and fear. And then as you're there, you can start using the body to shift it and relax it. So fear is always a set of contractions or freezing. So you can invite motion back and you can invite resilience and suppleness so that you're you know, like a sexy panther walking instead of a frozen stiff robot dude or you know panicky you know jerky kind of you know there's it's work with the body so the energy's fine it's not a problem 
and as you learn to work with your own, then you could work with hers. As a matter of fact, you'll, you'll start attracting a whole different class of women. And mm. a lot of the guys I know that are super powerful, super wealthy, um, you know, really got their shit together. They attract some amazingly amazing women, but they also tend to be the polar opposite, like almost scary, energetic power, you know, mm-hmm. like she's big and, you know, she'd kill you if you did something wrong. And, you know, and it's, but that's what keeps it interesting. So the stakes keep increasing as you get into this game. And that's a good thing. That's what you want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember in the way the superior man, the way that David speaks to it is, yeah, you can sit there and just, you know, hang out with your six pack and stay in the mediocrity, or you can choose to fuck your way through life and fuck in the, in the sense of make art with all of life, right. And sex being included yeah. in that. Well, you can just say fucking things open at work. So you're, mm-hmm. so this, it's all about fear in many ways, fear, anxiety. Um, you know, not good enough. That's all fear. And it's, it's registering in our body. So we're practicing to yogically stretch that open and learn how to strengthen it and make it be a, a resilient, powerful force. You know, you, there's a possibility of, even some Mike Tyson and all of us, it's not afraid of walking into the ring. Um, that's some condition that's built into us and we can develop that. And, and then you can go into work and you can uh, make a killing. You can, you can um, fuck it open, which means you're taking that fear and anxiety and you're breathing it down. Your field is energizing. It's like, you know, good pro athletes. It's like, I'm getting ready for the game. You know, kind of yeah. smack me, brother. I'm ready to go in. And that's that kind of thing. That's, that's our masculine. That's, it feels good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and how you do that in sex is going to absolutely cross over into business. I, I, I yeah. completely saw that. I mean, I kept getting different kinds of assignments, more and more responsibility as I was becoming more trustable in my body. I was doing it for, you know, reasons of polarity, but lo and behold, it was directly, Mm-hmm. having huge impact in all domain, even dealing with my family and, you know, maybe setting appropriate boundaries and stuff. That's all aspects of how do you work with the feminine. And um, this is a lifelong path of mastery and why not do it? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, there's so much here. I'm excited to go back and listen for myself, <laughs> to be honest. Um, one, one last thing, because I'm looking at time. One last thing yeah. that I was curious, uh, and this would be more for, for the feminine practitioners, right? So we yeah. talked a lot about practices and some of the things that men or masculine practitioners can look into yep. to develop their own depth. But what is it, for example, right? We talked about men working, um, to, to control their nervous system, especially during sex, to, to work consciously with their ejaculative um, response. What are maybe some practices that that women or the feminine side can do to help their man through that if they're trying to work through some of this stuff? Well, one of the classic ones is, um, you know, she could help her partner. Um, this is one of the introductory practices I do with in partnerships. So if you guys are safe enough together, you could, he could, it's ideal if he would set up this thing because it's hard for the feminine partner to tell the guy what to do. It's like 
Tertullian not, not driving correct. <laughs> it's yeah, depolarizing. So it's best if the man would set this up. So there's an invitation there, but I'll, I'll just say it, there's another way to do this mm -hmm. if there isn't an official practice container set up. Mm -hmm. um, particularly, I, I'm a big advocate of the feminine partner um, touching the man's genitals. So, you know, we kind of denigrate it by calling it a hand job, but I'm saying really learn, explore his genitals. It's, um, it's in a man, it's connected to his heart. So a man's ability to even access emotions um, is strangely somehow connected to his genitals. And so becoming comfortable touching his genitals and realizing it's probably going to evoke a little more emotional depth maybe in some insecurity or something, but it's um, you're, you're pulling him in deeper into this place of depth we've touched on a little bit. And if it goes that way, um, one thing to do is practice edging. So you could stroke him and bring him to where he's getting close to ejaculating. And you might come up with, you can use a light system. I use numbers. I kind of like the rocket liftoff analogy. So you're counting down to lift off. And, you know, by the time you get to three, it's like, Ooh, okay, we're, we're getting close. We're the engines are lighting. And um, if you, do, if you don't stop, we're going to go over the edge. So you want to learn to stop. And then the guy can allow his arousal level to fall down by relaxing. So there's a tension that comes to ejaculative orgasm. And so you could learn to soften your belly, relax your jaw, you breathe again. Often we start stop breathing or maybe you're really breathing shallow or fast. So you mm -hmm. slow that down. And usually your arousal will fall down if you put a number on that. And then you could approach it again. So you're, you're learning. So the sympathetic is the arousal, arousal, arousal ejaculate. So that's the positive feedback loop that takes you over the edge. So you wanna be able to engage some of the parasympathetic, which is relaxation. So you wanna learn how to be relaxed in the midst of fuck. And that's how you can become a God in bed, guys. So the ladies, um, anything that's praised grows. So if he's, mm. you know, kind of does some stuff with the edge and you're gonna just, that's so fucking hot, it's sexy. I love seeing you get really extra turned on. I like, how long that lasted, or, you know, whatever. You can praise um, when he's going a little bit in the direction that feels good or feels like you can trust him more. Um, and I found that uh, a, if, if you're living together, or if you see each other regularly, um, a lot of men can relax when having their feminine partners touching their genitals becomes a little more normal instead of a hyper excited this is the first time or this is like super special or oh my god we have to fuck if it's becomes yeah i've got genitals and she kind of likes it i've got genitals and she's learning that she has no idea how cocks work or balls so there's an invitation to kind of explore and learn that become comfortable together you can almost feel yourself relaxing mm -hmm. that relaxation is going to be the essence of lasting longer um and then there's other markers and things you can do, but um, it, ladies could praise when he is relaxed, you know, like we catch him in that, just that one moment when he's like so spot on, you know, God damn, that's sexier. Or, or maybe you just give him a nonverbal like swoon, like fuck. Yeah. So he, he won't know he's on the right track 
unless he's getting feedback. So words are kind of not best when you're really in a sexual occasion, but um, amplifying her sounds, not for his sake, fake it like a porn star thing, but you know, just like if it feels good, he's doing something right and give him a little, a little amplification. And he probably needs it amped up a few times before he'll actually hear it. Cause we're a little, I mean, I'm, I'm a little dense. A lot of guys are a little slower on the uptake with some of these symptom signals, but you can practice learning that, you know, and um, that, that's one of the beginning practices. And I work with couples on this and, you know, some people have a harder time with it. Some people have, it's usually tied to fear and anxiety and, and often thought gets spun up when they're worried about ejaculating too soon or, or, or it's just feeling good. Maybe it's the first time they've let their mind stop all day. Well, they can learn to lengthen the amount of time that they're actually not in a, a mind space so that they're more familiar with like how to navigate and breathe the energy and move the pleasure through. And, and sex improves with practice. If you're practicing properly, if you're practicing bad habits, you just get bad habits again. Yeah, yeah, you reinforce the same thing that you're trying to, to upgrade. <laughs> so a little bit of guidance. I mean, yeah, one of the books that came out almost a decade ago or two is How to Make Love All Night Long. It's a pretty good one. And then mm -hmm. that has some of these progressive uh, practices where, you know, the partner could be stroking the partner and then you kind of build up to a loved one. You start strengthening that. That right. really it's a parasympathetic so you can conduct more of the energy instead of just throwing it off. Um, and and it, it even feels like it recycles then. So it goes all the way down the genitals and then it can kind of come up the spine. And the when you get it to connecting and traveling upward through the spine, um, you're completing a circuit. And this is when the brain orgasms become possible. So really intense non-ejectatory orgasms tend to be kind of centered in the brain. Whereas ejaculatory orgasms often feel like your balls are draining. Mm. There's, there's a, you might have some stuff going on here too, but um, I mean, you might see lights, you might black out, or there's, there's some levels of intensity to some of these non-ejaculatory orgasms. Or you can learn this, you can combine it with an ejaculatory orgasm. So you can bring more awareness by lengthening your spine. So you can like feel your spine while you're ejaculating and then maybe roll your eyes upward. Um, kind of helps with this pulling up. Um, and I don't know, it's, it, that, there's more nuances and more refinement that can come with it, but there's a lot of books out there on the topic. But yeah. I, I usually coach people because they've read the books and they haven't had success yet. So I can mm -hmm. kind of tune into them and, and see certain things in their breath or ways they're holding tension or that they're thinking at certain points. And there's ways to kind of not overreact, but kind of gently navigate those times. And then usually things like picking a lock, once you get the right pin on the tumbler, the thing just falls open and you're like, wow. Yeah. So that's the promise of what's possible. Yeah. Yeah. And I like what you said there, because I think that's where coaching is very helpful. You can only get at least I believe you can only get so far on your own and then someone comes in and helps refine and show you the things that hard to see on your own. Yeah. We're primates. That's how we best learn. There's, there's sort of a, 
we have to almost see the possibility or experience someone that has the possibility. And then that's how language is learned, right? You learn language or someone knows language. So there's a pain forward and you can even see this happening through our genome and through multiple generations. Like language is one of these things paid forward. Well, until new words come into the vocabulary, no one was saying, you know, meet me on Zoom meeting or whatever until now it is. And so the same way you can develop a new vocabulary for some of these uh, sexual expressions and become much more second hat once you've experienced it. And, and usually it's if someone's modeling it or has already experienced it, it makes the possibility real. And, and that seems to be significant. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Chris, well, I'm looking at time and I am interested, interested in hearing from you. What would be your invitation or challenge as your message to folks listening based on everything you've experienced and what's possible? If you're motivated and moved by this, I would challenge you to uh, take me up on a free session. You can just visit my website. Um, you know, one of the key things is asking a goal, asking the question about what do you really want to experience sexually? Just that question and asking it and thinking about it a little bit and then, you know, writing something down. Um, that's the beginning point. Um, it doesn't have to be mastering ejaculation. It could be anything. Um, but then once you've set that as something you want to experience, are you just thinking about it or actually taking a step forward? Are you, did you tell it to one of your friends? Did you tell it to your lover? Have you actually tried? Have you laid out a plan where you might get there? Um, that's what coaching is all about is, is helping turn dreams into actual experience. Um, like I said, if they haven't read Way of Superior Man, I would highly recommend that. David's got some great um, pointers in the Enlightened Sex Manual as well. But I've also found that it you can read. It's another thing to actually do. There's more and more videos and systems you can get online. But um, And you can also you know, contact Jonathan. Be in company of other men that are actually exploring and learning this. Um, there's kind of a lot of power in tribes and uh, particularly groups of men getting together is the other great way this is learned. Like I wouldn't have been accessed this at all if I hadn't, you know, met that first men's circle and, um, and then stayed friends with Mark, who was the best man of my wedding. It was just, you know, we hadn't mm. kind of had a continuity. And I mean, Mark hosted the first tantra workshop I ever went to, you know, he was kind of the producer for that. And that kind of led to, it's just, it's funny looking back and often it's kind of word of mouth or friend, colleague, someone you've met that shared something with you. So consciously choose tribes or groups or communities that are going where you want to be going and particularly try to find them that have a clear vision. That's uh, stating what they're about and why they're kind of together. So like, when I run men's groups, that's, that's front and foremost. And, you know, ask those powerful leading questions. What do you want to experience? Um, what's holding you back? Um, what do you need to get there? And um, you don't have to know how to get there all the way. You have to be ballsy enough to say what it is mm. and just own it. And, and that's the beginning. Yeah. Beautiful call to action. Love it. 
<laughs> All right. Well, what a ride it's been. Uh, so Christopher, where can folks reach you? What's the easiest way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah. So my website is sunyata, S-U-N-Y-A-T-A dot info, I-N-F-O. Um, on there, you'll find, you know, a lot of uh, podcasts. So I'll add this one to the list once it's on. I've got um, a link. If you go to contact, you can uh, request a free session with me, as well as you could sign up for my mail list, be notified of upcoming events. Um, I am returning to live events after a year being off with COVID, mm-hmm. and I'm really excited about that. I have a men's retreat in September 13 to 19 in Crestone, Colorado. It's at the Zen Center there. Um, beautiful space I've taught at and produced events for David Data out there. Um, so this is a men's intensive, so kind of like a boot camp. If what we've talked about here um, is of interest, uh, this is the fastest way to kind of get this in your body. I'm not talking about, like I'll be talking about what sexual yoga is and how you could do some solo practice and such, but the majority of it is is conditioning our body and being able to run more energy through it. And we do that through physical exercise, meditation, um, kind of challenge and, and feedback from other men is invaluable. And I'm, I have a structured way that I do this and uh, um, guarantee it'll be a jump start if you're, if this is a value to you, it's worth the investment. And, and it could save decades of flailing around. So like, you know, the first really good Hatha yoga class I went to I learned things about how to position joints and bones and muscles and how to actually breathe and relax that I've used for decades. But until I had that first class, I was just flopping around and flailing. I had no idea. So begin early and and actually, you know, approach it as an art form to master. You know, you don't, you don't have to get a hell of a lot to start getting some initial feedback and have this be positive. Yeah. Amazing. And I'm bummed I won't be able to make it. it the dates didn't work out, but I'm sure yeah. it'll be incredible. And yeah, I can attest to to the men listening, surrounding yourself by other men, to your point, Chris, who are on that path and who can show you yeah. the way and the tools and the guidance and give you that feedback. Absolutely invaluable. 100%. Challenge each other. That's one yeah. of the greatest gifts men can give each other. It's not just harassing and joking around but you know literally uh, challenging what would be best for him mm-hmm. and uh hold his feet to fire and, and you know maybe be a little daring and you know demonstrate somehow that you actually believe that they're capable of it um yeah. feeling like you've got a wingman with you on this journey of life is invaluable and there's very few that feel they have it right now everyone's feeling alone and we're Tribal animals were not built for that. This is why we have such a huge problem with suicide right now, too. So, um, you know, find a brother and, you know, challenge each other a bit and look out for each other. Yep. Yep. Or like I like to say, light a fire under their ass in service (laughs) of love. (laughs) Yeah, that's what you're doing. That's what this show's about. (laughs) Well done, brother. Yeah. Awesome, Christopher. Well, thank you again so much. Really appreciate the time. And yeah, folks, reach out to Christopher if you feel called. uh, The opportunity's there. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you.